Good morning. It's Friday, November 6th. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Joe Biden has now taken the lead in Georgia and in Pennsylvania, though it's still too close to call this election. As it stands, Biden has far more pathways to victory. In order to win, President Trump needs to claim most of the remaining states, but Biden's lead is widening in Nevada and Arizona. If Biden's lead holds in Pennsylvania, that alone could determine the election. Ballots are still being counted today, and they're mostly coming from Democratic strongholds like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. The Trump campaign launched a few lawsuits in various states to challenge the voting and tallying process. Yesterday, judges in Georgia and Michigan tossed out those lawsuits, but his campaign did get a legal victory in Pennsylvania. An appellate court judge in that state ruled both candidates could have observers present for the final count or what's called the canvassing process. Now, after that decision, Trump's campaign lawyer Pam Bondi went on Fox Business News yesterday and she said she hopes the U.S. Supreme Court gets involved. She also suggested the Trump-appointed justices would pull through for him. We're waiting for the United States Supreme Court, which of which the president has nominated three justices, to step in and do something. And hopefully Amy Coney Barrett will come mm. through and pick it up. There's no guarantee of that, Lou. So we have to fight this on the ground and make sure that we challenge no, in every place and we are. As of now... The count hasn't stopped in Pennsylvania or anywhere else the Trump campaign has filed lawsuits. And it's unclear if Trump's legal strategy will help him make up the ground he needs in order to win a second term. If you've been jumping around from one electoral map to another, you may have noticed that some news outlets list Joe Biden at 264 electoral votes, and others have him at 253. The difference is whether or not the source has projected Arizona for Biden. Fox News was the first to call Arizona for Biden on election night. A few hours later, the Associated Press followed, but others like CNN, The Washington Post, and The New York Times still have it. They say it's all too close to call. The Washington Post explains what's behind the disparity. Most of the TV networks are part of what's known as the National Election Pool. It's a consortium that works with Edison Research to collect exit poll data and make projections for which candidate will win any given state. Now, after the 2016 election, the AP decided to pull out of the consortium. They were worried that there was too much reliance on exit poll data when so many people are voting by mail and voting early. So the AP created new methodology, and the Fox News Decision Desk joined that effort. Sally Busby is the executive editor at the AP, and in an email to the Pointer Institute, she explains, The AP now works with the nonpartisan research organization NORC at the University of Chicago. Together, they developed a new methodology and tool called AP VoteCast. She says this new system also captures early voters and is highly accurate. The AP decided to make the call on Arizona with 80 percent of the vote in and after determining that there weren't enough ballots remaining for Trump to emerge as the winner. Arnon Mishkin, who heads the Fox News decision desk, also went on the air to defend his call. The president is not going to be able to take over and win enough votes to eliminate that seven point lead that the former vice president has. And as the counting continues in Arizona, the AP and Fox News are both standing by their call.
Win or lose the White House, at the state level, Democrats did far worse than they expected. Republicans now control legislative bodies in several key states. That's significant because of the role state houses play in drawing legislative maps. Maps that dictate which voters fall into which districts and ultimately decide who gets elected to state and congressional seats. Politico reports Democrats in New Hampshire lost their majority in both the state House and Senate. In Minnesota, the party couldn't flip the two seats they needed to win a majority in that state's upper chamber. They still control the governorship and the lower chamber. Democrats lost seats in Florida, too. And they fell far short in Texas. They needed nine seats there to secure a Democratic majority. And they failed to unseat even one incumbent in Texas. In Arizona, there's still a chance that Democrats could make some gains, but they are not on track to win the Michigan or Iowa state houses or either chamber in Pennsylvania. What this means is, of the 98 partisan chambers across the country, Republicans will control at least 59 next year. And they'll have total control over the map-making process for more than twice the districts than Democrats. Now, these maps are in effect for 10 years, and they can change the outcome of representation in Congress and in their states. What's also worth pointing out here is that Democrats seriously outspent Republicans by nearly $30 million in their effort to target legislative chambers. And like I said, they still came up short. But it's not all bad news for Democrats. Politico explains they are better positioned after this election than they were in 2010, when the GOP controlled the mapmaking process in nearly every major state. That's because governors have the power to veto redistricting maps, and Democrats hold the governorship in key states like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. While the state and country turned its eyes to the presidential election this week, Wisconsin had another record-setting day for COVID-19 cases. You just heard Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers. And while we're all focused on this election, his state is one of many experiencing a surge of new infections. Let this figure sink in for a second. 116,255. That's the number of new coronavirus cases reported on Thursday in the U.S. It's the highest single daily rate we've had since the pandemic started. The Associated Press looked at what parts of the country are seeing spikes in cases and how that compares to voting patterns. And it found out of the 376 counties with the most COVID cases per capita right now, 93 percent voted for Trump. These are mostly rural counties in Montana, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, Wisconsin and North and South Dakota. And the AP points out these places have lower rates of people following guidance on masks or social distancing. The AP says, now that the election is coming to a close, public health officials hope they can slowly turn the tide and unify more Americans around adhering to their guidance. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. Keep checking in on Apple News for the latest in election results. And this weekend, just slow it down and take it easy. I know I'll be doing some self-care. We will talk to you again on Monday.